Hello and welcome to another episode of Flo's First and Favourite. I'm Blair. And I'm David. On this week's show, we are very privileged to have Guy Foss. doing guys how's things well yeah good stuck in the house as usual i know and uh, feeling <laughs> really quite fat because of like, all the christmas dinner and all the, the alcohol i think but it's uh, <laughs> even even more so now that we've got this zoom chat on i can see i know face. You, <laughs> i know you can see your faces i know i'm quite glad this is a podcast and you can't <laughs> see us you know but, it's uh, always january to sort that out i guess I know, I know. it's <laughs> always <laughs> the next month that's it i know i know we can we can put we restart our gym memberships, I suppose, but I don't know about that. But. <laughs> and then cancel it on the 31st. Exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. Get a, get a month free. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know. So so how's lockdown been for you guys? <sighs> it's, um, it's been, in a weird way, it's, uh, there's, there's been, the I think, advantages. Um, we, um, obviously, because, well, you know yourself as a, as a duo, when you're working together before, it was always a case of finding time to sort of go and meet up. And uh, it's only been through uh, like lockdown that we started uh, like using Zoom a lot more and sending files back and forward. Um, so I think in uh, some ways it's been it's been it's been better. But obviously it's missing missing gigs, missing people, missing hearing loud music. I think yeah, I, th- I mean especially with Steve and myself, you know, when, when we do finish a kind of version of a record, and you know we want to then go and try it and test it out in a club and in front of a, a kind of a kind of live crowd environment just to hear what needs tuned and whatever. And none of that can be, you know, you can't, you can't experience any of that. You know, you know, it's um, and just it's it's. it's it's really quite annoying, you know. I, I I totally understand why it's it's happened, you know. Um, but God, the, the sooner the clubs open, the better, you know, because there's a lot of people yeah. out there really wanting to to hear music again, you know. So well, and just to dance. Well, as well. exactly, you know. I, you know, yeah. definitely a hundred percent. I mean, um, I definitely think that's you know, just people want a release. You know, they've maybe been working or they're just stuck in the house, and some people just live for the weekend and they want to get out and. You know, let loose, you know. What do you think that first weekend's going to look like? Oh, I, I, I'm actually a bit worried, you know. Like, I, I, you know, I suppose there was always times where it was like you, you maybe got till three and four o'clock and you had the odd kind of person left over. It wouldn't surprise me if it's still full. You know, people just won't want to leave, you know. But you'll probably, you'll probably get that one, that first weekend back and then we'll all ruin it for ourselves and we'll never get it again. <laughs> Straight back in at lockdown. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it for that one weekend. <laughs> for that one weekend, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You'll probably find there'll be quite a lot of people who've forgotten how to actually drink. They'll be like, go out for a few and go way too hard, way too soon. And <laughs> it's like all the warm-up DJs will get all the all the crowd. I was actually, I was actually thinking about the opposite. Is it basically people will be used to the, 
used to their, their own measures, <laughs> you know, and it, 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 it was like, you know, they'll go into a club and they'll be like, this, this has not got, not got any alcohol in it, you know, like, you know, they'll go out and they'll spend £100 a night out and they'll be like, I can get absolutely drunk to the just beyond yeah. belief for the twenty thing, pounds, do you know? Remember what we were talking we were saying the other week as well, we were saying like because it's because it's gone for so long, it's gone so long, you've also got all those kids that have like turned eighteen, uh, all those freshers now that haven't never even experienced or might never have experienced a club or anything before. We're, yeah. we're all sitting and talking like can't wait to get back and they're like, I can't wait to get my first time ever. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know it's, it's, even uh, there was literally like my daughter turned uh, eighteen, what was that, last year, last November and just thinking about it, it, it was exactly how that said what Stevie just said. It was that it was, you know, that there are people that physically turned eighteen in, in April and have never been in a nightclub, you know, like legally, so to say, you know, or, or <laughs> maybe even for the first time, yeah. you know. And it might be that they might be nineteen by the time they're actually allowed into the nightclub. You know, I know, I know. But what we were, what we said to some of our previous guests as well, I, I definitely think that this has been kind of a positive for DJs um, because they will almost have two years worth of music to uh, <laughs> play back. You'd think, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> 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 well, uh, there has there has been some incredible records that have been released this year, definitely. and they they definitely. need to. They need that um, sort of captive audience to to basically, you know, do its thing. I mean, exactly that. I mean, there was probably records that, that got released that really probably didn't really have a good chance, especially in Traxos, Beatport, you know, stuff like that. You know, the, the, the turnaround of some of these records is so quick. But, you know, some, some of these records really should have had, you know, a lot more chance to kind of breathe and whatever, but I think that you know that the, the way that some of these records are coming out and they're so quick, and because nobody's playing music out, it, it seemed to me that you know things were being replaced far too quickly. And, yeah. and I think you're exactly right in that you know we're going to have a year's worth of music. I mean, you could literally go into a nightclub and play a year's worth of music and and not play anything really old. Not that I'm saying I wouldn't play anything old because I would, but it was um, yeah. more that yeah. It, You've basically just got all this new music that the, the majority of most people have never heard in a nightclub before, you know. And it was, it's just going to be—it's going to be brilliant when the nightclubs open and all this new music is, is getting played for the first time. I think it's going to be brilliant. Do you know the only oh. good thing I sort of thought, especially when you're talking about like like buying like on Beatport and tracks or something, was I started to find myself getting a bit more picky, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to—I'm not going to just get. 20, 25 new tunes, and I just might, might as well go through them. I and mean, am I going to play this in a month's time, or you know, maybe just uh, just recognizing one little bit and saying, "Oh, that that's good. I'll go for that." So I think it, I think it's good. And then we actually sort of took that ourselves, and then said, "Well, what's the point in us just rushing stuff out if uh, if I'm not really buying as much? Yeah, what's the chances of people even listening or going in for our stuff, Matt? So it's just it's just ages yeah. to uh, use the time to try and get some stuff backed up, but I did. I definitely think we could have done more than we did. <laughs> oh no, no! I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, but I'm, I'm trying. I mean, I mean, for, for what Stevie exactly that, and it's we're, we're probably sitting on what do you think, Stevie? About four or five. Yeah, but yeah. need enough ready to go, and it, it, but, it's, but as Stevie said, I think he's correct in that. In my opinion, and Stevie's, you know, I, I don't think there's much point in releasing that much new music just now because it's just such a waste. 
you know, and I suppose you could look at it in two ways in that you, you could release it and you could still be in the kind of, you know, in the public eye, so to say, you know, um, but on a, I don't know, like in some ways it just seems to me it's maybe just a bit of a waste. I, I, you could definitely tell, I think there was a lot of people holding back. Yeah. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion, I think there was a lot of people holding back some records, you know, and as we're maybe starting to maybe come out of lockdown, I can I'm, I think there's going to be a massive surge in all these producers that have been sitting on records for a year, you know. And I just think the other to, thing as well is that we're well, obviously us in the UK are a little bit behind everyone else, so you maybe then start to see you know, when you're thinking about your own tunes and you're maybe thinking about oh the people you know and the people who would play stuff like then it's like mm. there's people around the world that are like well we've, we've got some nightclubs open we've got bars open yeah no. yeah I mean look look at Australia New Zealand yeah virtually back to normal you know um, which, is, which is a great thing you know just showing a bit of kind of positivity and that it can be conquered you know and it can be beaten you know if, you know but we just need to wait and see what, what happens so how did you guys first come together was it DJing together? Did you just decide you wanted to make tunes together? How did that come about? Uh, well, we, I mean, we've known each other for over 20 years. That's really like, I mean, Gav used to, Gav was the record buyer for 23rd Precinct. So he was selling me like all, all my vinyl when I was going in. Um, and then obviously we all just, we started to get like our own uh, DJ gigs. And then just over the years, we had a, a couple together. And then it was maybe in the last, the last 10, 10 years or so. We were doing a, a cushion, but in separate rooms. Gav was doing the hip hop room, and I was doing the, the house room. But then we just started getting into it. We did, we'd come in early, we'd like, you know, be there for a couple of minutes. When we started talking about, you know, maybe producing or maybe tunes, it was like we'd, we'd come in early, sit together and work on ideas, and then maybe try and get stuff finished and then try and get it played that night and then talk at the end of the night about, oh, we could do this. And then, uh, yeah, just, just like that. But I mean, it's, I mean, it's been, I mean, I know, know each other for about 20 years. Yeah, I, I remember the last time that I was in Cushion and I felt so old. I took my little sister there thinking that I was uh, kind of an experienced clubber. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I want to go to like a midweek club night and stuff. And I was like, oh, I used to go to Cushion and stuff like that when I was a lot younger. Yeah, and I just felt so, so old. That's, that's, that's what we feel like every every week. <laughs> that's what I was about to say, Stevie. Like, I think me and you feel like that every Tuesday and Saturday, was, you know. The, the, there was the, the, the Saturday, was it last year, when uh, your daughter came for the first time? Honestly, it was to, to be fair though, like you know, I I, I think that I, I I think I took out a lot kind of more tougher. I didn't really want to embarrass her in any way and I wasn't in any I, I was kinda of like shying away from her and whatever. But if I'm brutally honest, I think she like my daughter and, and her friends were like, No way, that's your dad DJing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you know, and, and I think it got to the point where they didn't really care, you know, after 10, 15 minutes, you know. So they Better things to worry about, I dare say. You know, I was going to say, well, it's if it's a whole new clubbing experience, then that just becomes the norm. If you've never seen anything else, and then it's like, oh, hi, Gav's up there DJing. <laughs> like, it's my pal's dad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's it, yeah, exactly. And and, and it's it's as it you know, they, they, some of them were always really quite embarrassed to come up and ask for records or whatever, you know. And it's I'm like it's just me. It's like it doesn't just. A guy, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's it's just me, but no, no regrets, Peter. <laughs> no, I know, Peter. I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Am I right in saying uh, you guys yeah. have got a bit of a thing going at vodka, vodka? 
um, obviously prior to lockdown and all that, because that, that's a, that's an awesome bar in uh, the West End of Glasgow. Yeah, that's um, uh, we've done been there for years. To be fair, like um, on like a like a Friday night, uh, just I mean it's a perfect like, like little like uh, laid back sort of cocktail thing, but it really comes into its own like when it's um, summertime because it's got that that beer garden at the back. Um, so this like, well last year for the first time like. Um, uh, the the manager at the time, Stuart, was like, um, like "What what can we you know what can we do? Give me new ideas. What can we do?" And it was like, "Well, you know, you know, other pieces are, are, are doing like day events and stuff like that." And it was, I think, it, uh, the first one actually tied in. Sanctuary did their big one, um, one of the ones where I can't remember. It might be in, uh, the Dennis Silter one, or I don't know. Some of the, they had somebody anyway, but it was, it was one of the one of the biggest ones that they did, and it was like a great day. And then we just said to. Uh, to vodka worker, which says, "Well, we'll just we'll do a a, a pre pre party, you know, just like uh, we're just coming at lunchtime and just do it for a, a few hours." But it was great. But they, I mean, they're really good. I mean, it, yeah, it was good. It was it was it was it was a really good day as well, Stevie. Eh? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. like it was really nice and it was a really kind of warm day. So you know, everybody was all sitting outside and they were all you know just chilling in their groups and having cocktails and stuff. You know, it was it was it was, it was a great day. You know. It's always it's always known as well, just for being like such a such a cool little venue that it's it's, it's great for like testing stuff and like the, the staff the staff in there like know their tunes and stuff like that. I, I would play stuff and they would be like straight up the black. Oh, I know so. And you're like, oh, I do you know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, or even but even like they'll play stuff with like samples and they're coming up and they're like telling me the story about the original and I'm like, I don't know, mate. <laughs> it's just a cool vocal. <laughs> but uh, no, no, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a nice, nice view venue. Um, yeah, I mean, for 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 those that don't know Glasgow particularly, um, Ashton Lane itself is just an awesome place to kind of socialise and stuff like that. There's lots of different options, whatever you're into, um, lots of places to eat and stuff, and it's just yeah. it's just a yeah, great definitely. sort of atmosphere definitely. and vibe around there. It does help. It's on the doorstep of the uni as well. <laughs> that's true. It's yeah, a little bit, Studentville. little bit. I mean, it's literally just kind of University Avenue, isn't it? You know, it's. it's I think the, yeah, the thing that really helps as well is just because we see, you know, all those bars, well, all those bars on that one side have all got like great beer gardens, so yeah. they're always busy in summer anyway. And then when it gets to the when it's a bit colder and then people are going, that's that's when the unis are back. So they do well for mm. um, a lot of people coming when they just need to fit them inside. The only danger yeah. that I would say, though, is day drinking in the West End and Ashton Lane in particular, and then you're planning to go out later. Um, it can again, be a bit messy. The, uh, well, well, the bouncer etiquette in Glasgow, where have you been today? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to have a backstory. You always have to say, oh, I've just had a, just finished work and just had a couple of That's pints. Uh, I've, I've just been at the gym. I've I just been at the gym. I know. <laughs> doesn't it help the gym. You've got a belt and sunburn in your face as well. I know, just, I'm just talking. You can't talk. <laughs> you know, a tie wrapped around your head or whatever. Yeah. You know, just, but you know, I, I think you're right. You know, where have you been? Well, drinking for the last five hours. You know, in a beer garden, like you know. I had one last Christmas. I went out with my friends and. I was walking past Waxhill Corners and the bouncer from a distance said, you're not coming in here tonight. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, I was like, cool, I, I wasn't intending cool. on I'm going home, but thanks yeah. for letting me know. <laughs> walk, walk right past him. I wasn't coming in anyway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to throw back to as early as it goes um, and throw out first clubbing experience. 
from each of you. What was your first club experience? We talked about your daughters, Gav, so we know a bit about that. Oh. What was yours? Um, <laughs> cl- cl- Clubbing-wise, for me, um, I would probably say it was probably about 93, 94, um, and it was an under-18s, and it was a club called Fury Murray's. Um, okay. Down beside the Seenock Centre. Um, I'm maybe really sure, I think Stevie will know where nice. we are, but I don't know about no. you lot. But, <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah, it, 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 it was literally down, um, just down beside the um, beside the Clyde, the, the River Clyde. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a, a basement club, dark, dingy um, club. Um, that, that would have been an under-18s for me. I would have been about 13 or 14, round about that age. Um and I think it was uh, I think it was an ultrasonic night um, for like Maloka Lee and stuff like that, a good pal Mal, you know. Like, um, but he, uh, I remember talking to him about this, and he's like, "God, I remember all those days down in Furies, you know." Um, but for me, yeah, that that would be nearly what twenty seven years ago, you know, something like that. Because I'm wow. really I think we're showing our age here, Stevie. Well, you I wasn't going to say it, but you've just ruined it. <laughs> 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 I know you guys could have said we are we are brand new, fresh out of the box, uh, DJs and producers, yeah. 20, 20 years old or something like that. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. I, I, I wish we were. But what were you, Stevie? I, uh, mine, mine was probably an under-18s as well, but I went when I was two years old, so... <laughs> no, right, right, right. Because you're only 21, aren't you, Stevie? You know? <laughs> uh, nah, I think uh, mine, was, mine was probably the the tunnel under-18s. Uh, and it would have been the same. It would have been, been hardcore days, so I think uh, you're talking like Scott Brown and Qtex live on stage and stuff like that. But that was, that, that was the first time, first time in, in, in a nightclub. Um, only ever been to... School discos and parties and stuff before, but then I think I think I'd uh, I just started DJing uh, and just started buying records. But then to to hear them, just the same as what we're talking about earlier on, like to hear them at that volume uh, and just uh, with the lights, with everything working with a crowd, it was just like, oh yeah, this is good. T- tunnels qu- tunnels quite a vi- uh, diverse club, isn't it? It has it has like all different sort of genres and and people playing it. Well, is it, are you thinking the one in Aberdeen? This was in uh, Glasgow. This no, was, no, uh, no, no. Because I was, I was going to say there was a guy. I was going to say there's a guy that I went to uni with, and Blair and I briefly went to college with as well. And he was a bit of a pre- um, promoter at the time, and he booked Danny Dyer for the tunnel. Um, oh, right. I, I, I think a lot. I think when me and Stevie were there, it wasn't it stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? But it's, <laughs> it was, it, I mean, it, I, changed, I think, it changed hands so many times. But I mean, yeah. back back then, but I mean, it was because I mean, there we go. So that my, my first experience was was like like a hardcore bands in there. But at the same time, that was when Oakenfold was getting booked for the yeah. tunnel. Like uh, Tong was there and stuff like that. They, you know, they, they were they were pulling in. At the well, time, I mean, the, 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 t- the tunnel back then was like a world supreme nightclub. I mean, there was buses yeah. coming from Manchester, Liverpool, you know, like the, the queues to get in. Unless you start to queue in at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, and it opened at 11, you were not going to get in because it was so what? full, you yeah. know? Oh, it's oh madness. Absolutely. It was all, I mean, it was also just, it was like, inside was just state of the art as well. I mean, everywhere, everywhere else was like quite... You know, high street disco types of thing, but that was that was, that like was a, a, club, a, you know? a club. It, was, like it a, wasn't industrial like a, DJ box with like you know, like mm, uh, like, like a, a cage metal built in a cage. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, um, and that last sound system that it just it yeah. was it was absolute overkill <laughs> for for what it was, but it, it it was just tremendous. You know, it was it was tremendous. You know. So, you, uh, Stevie, you spoke there about some of the records you were buying. Is that how you got into DJing? Was you just buying records sort of just before coming into clubbing and then decided, or were you already into that before you were going to clubs? I was um, I was in school with, um, do you know uh, Dominic Martin? Yes. Tiptoes? Yeah, I was in school with uh, with him, and he'd he'd started maybe just like a year before me. Um, and I remember we used to sit, literally used to sit in like music with like keyboards, just like <laughs> just like oh, what's that do? What's that do? And then he actually like just I was always I was going with him to first the couple of sort of things like he was doing like sort of parties in his house or like with other people and that. And then he'd said he says he says, he says look he says I've one of my friends is selling a set of decks like you know exactly, exactly the same as mine. Uh, he says, you, you know, do, if you want to do it, this is the time to sort of get them. And it just started from that. They just started buying records. I, I'm still always, even when people say just now, they say, oh, how, how do you become a DJ? How do you become a DJ? It's always about your music collection. So, like, you know, I mean, yeah. still, I, I mean, mean obviously, like now, so people are like, all oh, right, so how much does it cost to buy your music collection? Like, beat it. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, I know. but before, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> before it was always, I mean, like that, that was that was the thing that made it because it was like, well, I spent all my wages on vinyl. Uh, so that that was like the, I don't know, the. And if, I mean, if, if, if that, that was back then, this is way before, like, obviously, as you know, like digital side of it. So if you didn't yeah. have that on record, you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Period, Aye. you know, and that was that's what kind of set you different than other DJs. Now, obviously, yeah, okay, we're still crate digging, we're still digging for you know records that nobody really has and whatever. But um, but what, exactly what Stevie said, the reason why he became and, and myself became DJs is because we had very large record collections, you know, and it was because and, and that was because people said, well, can you come and DJ at my my friend's party or whatever? This is you know, I yeah. say early nineties, late nineties, and. The only way that you could do it was if you knew somebody that had about a very large record collection, you know, and that that's it was it was literally as simple as that, and that's how it wasn't that. I mean, yeah, okay, I I always knew of kind of bigger DJs and whatever, but I was kind of pushed into it because I was the guy that had <laughs> a big record collection. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it didn't bother me. Do you know? But as Stevie said, you know, you're literally spending every bit of money that you had buying new records it was just a i mean obviously it was it was it was a collection you know it was it was the same as someone who collects stamps someone collects stuff like that. i mean it was you I mean even obviously like back then you weren't even getting gigs really at the, at the start like, but you just you just wanted the record you know you just oh i just need that record i just uh, just even if it's just for for making a wee tape for myself or you know just like uh, but uh but it was, it was, it's the, I mean, this is the thing, I mean, it's like, I mean, as much as it's great to hear, like, sort of music and hear tunes and stuff like that now, but, oh, see when you, see when you found it, see when you found it and you're like, oh, oh, oh it's there, it's there. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. In fact, I've actually, I've actually got a good story, like, um, I was, uh, I was doing my resets for uni, uh, and I did, what was it, I think I was doing my, I can't remember, chemistry, and a chemistry on an exam or something, and it was like two parts, one in the morning, one at night, uh, or one in the afternoon. <clears throat> and I did the did the first part, got lunchtime, and I was going down. There was a wee record store on Byers Road, uh, West End Records, West End, West End Records, aye, and, aye. and they had a they had a tune, uh, Moving Melodies, Indica. Uh, it was on the same record label as Huge Tunes, same record label as uh, GX and Artemisia and all that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd been looking for it for ages, and uh, I was like, "Oh, there's that record, there's that record. How much is it? I don't know, nine pound or whatever, right?" 
And I was like, right, okay. I say, I don't have any money, but I need to go do that exam. So I'll stash it. I'll hide it. Oh, I like it. So I hid it in like, the, the, the weird dodgy section. I hide it. No one's going to find it in there. It's not even a big record store. I hide it in there. Uh, went back up, went in, sat there, and doing my, my second exam. And I must have been there for about 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, someone's going to get that record. And I was like, stop this. <laughs> just chucked it, just walked out. Just walked out, went out. Went out, got the record. Went, went home, my mum's like, hey, how'd that exam go? And I was like, I think I passed, mum, you know? I don't think I passed. <laughs> <laughs> you mean record shopping again? No, I got this record. <laughs> yeah. But that was it. I mean, that was, you just, you, you had to, you had to get it. If, uh, if there was a chance, chance of someone else taking that off you, then just that, that makes, just as you say, and then obviously, as I say, like, like Gav worked in, 23rd precinct so anything that was coming in there was always like oh there's a weak copy get the side <laughs> I mean even even before even before 23rd I was um, I was the record buyer for HMV so um, I was based in the Argyle Street store um, and we were back right right at the back where the kind of singles department was but I mean our our um, department you know it wasn't it was, it was an okay section I mean it had a, a Easily, I don't know, maybe about thirty feet, kind of size-wise of like kind of records and a big wall and whatever. But I mean, we were me and my, the, the guy that I used to work with, Andy. He, um, we, we used to take scary amounts of money in there. Really, you know, like we were taking more money in that section than the whole of the singles department in, in the HMV in Oxford wow. Circus. And that's that, a flagship that, right, store as well. That, that, that's the flagship store right now. Basically, when we went down, their their vinyl department was the size of the ground floor of HMV. Jeez, oh. You know, we're talking like two, three hundred feet of, right? And we were taking it in about 30 feet. And it was because me and Andy kind of understood what the, what the guys were wanting. And we had to, we, it's, it's our job to obviously find new music and buy new music and, and all that type of thing, right? That's fine. But we also had to look after the guys that, that were DJing. Yeah. You know that you know we have to. It's it feels. I feel a bit rotten about it now that it was about a favoritism, so to say, right? But if if we keep these records for the bigger guys, then technically what we are doing is we are doing our job because we give it to the bigger guys. They then play it in nightclubs, and then those people then the, the punters hear it. They then really enjoy it, and then they go and buy it on CD single or or they go and download it on whatever. This was kind of before kind of iTunes and whatever, um, but. You know, and as long as the kind of the kind of club guys in the city centre of Glasgow, they all knew that we would look after them. You know, we would hold records for them. We could get imports and we could get whatever. You know, and we were trying to you know sort them out with discounts and whatever on like buying lots of stuff and whatever. You know, we we just it was it was just it was it was different days back twenty years ago. You know, and then but once once I left HMV, it started be, HMV started becoming a wee bit corporate. And it was all, you know, they were trying to push you through the system. They were wanting you to become managers and all that type of thing. And I said, I'm not interested. I just want to sell music to people. Yeah. You know, and it started getting very corporate. And, and that's when I left. And the guy who I used to work with, Andy, he was at that point, he had moved on and moved to be the manager of 23rd Precinct. So I'd said to him, you know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really happy. And HMV, and he said, that's fine. You can start on Monday. So... Wow. Just left. <laughs> it's very, it's very sad though to hear about the demise of HMV. Though definitely, uh, I, 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 I went to um, it. It's, it's in Mayfair in London, and it's just round the corner from Oxford Street. Yeah, and uh, that's where Jimi Hendrix had his flat. And what they were no, talking no. about in that experience was that he used to buy his records from that flagship store in Oxford yeah. Street, as well as the yeah. Beatles, who had um, numerous flats in and around Hyde Park. 
Um, and just to see that flagship store just shut down, it's just it's, really it's, sad. I, I, yeah. I, I, th- yeah. I think the horrible thing was is, is that, you know, I think that they were kind of clutching on straws and they weren't willing to accept the digital age. You know, yeah. and it's. It, but I mean, but how 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 does a shop like that survive? That's the horrible yeah. thing, you know. I mean, they, they have to either adapt or they close. You know, and it's mm. it's it's a, it's a sad thing. I never want any business or any music kind of shop or whatever to shut. But it's a, it's one of these things, you know. Do you remember the first records you bought? Um, on you go, you go. No, no, you go. I, I was going to say. I, I, I know exactly. I know exactly what mine is. Well, well uh, actually, I know exactly what it is as well. Uh, but I'll let you say what it is. Um, for me, I think, as far as I remember, it was actually a, it was a, it was an album, and I'm pretty sure. I'm virtually positive it was Michael Jackson. Bad. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, Incredible. Um, nice. Then, as Stevie was saying, it was all about the hardcore stuff and that. But that was, you know, for me, that was just. That those kind of electronic sounds, even in the early eighties, were just mind blowing to me, you know. But um, but yeah, Steve, on you go. <laughs> yeah, Technically, uh, the first record I ever bought was Ghostbusters. But I think the, the first the first twelve inch vinyl, when the first the first record I bought after getting a set of decks was um, uh, Voodoo People uh, Prodigy. Um, and the good, the good thing about that was because it was this. I was saying, I was talking to Gav earlier. Like, um, yeah, it wasn't. You didn't even recognise that it was different genres back then. It was just, it was just dance music. I was like, I'm buying, I'm buying this record by the project because I love it. And then I'm going to buy Fierce Insomnia tomorrow, yeah. and then something by Todd Terry the next day. It's just, it's all in the, all in, all in the record box. Or the, or the, or the yeah, yeah, or, or then something by Moby. Exactly. It just, just, it is, it's. it's it took it took a while to work out. You couldn't mix them all together. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. I know. And it didn't matter whether it was plus eight or minus eight. Why is this not working? You know. So, when was the first time you guys played together, like DJ together, as Guy Foss? No. It was. It was probably one of the one of the bank holidays in the social. Um, Gav, uh, Gav was working in the social anyway, um, but Bank Holiday Sunday was coming. Knew it was going to be like a, a big night, and we'd obviously just sort of started this. Had a couple of things happening, a couple of tunes that, and obviously the people had, people had heard them. The people that we were working with, people friends, and they sort of said, "Oh, we want to do something a bit, a bit more special because it's a Bank Holiday." Um, do that, and I mean, as I say, like. Because we've known each other for so long, I mean, I'm sure there's there's been like nights yeah. and gigs where we played together, like you know, like uh, covering yeah. each other's shifts and stuff like that. Help, but that was I think that was the first one we actually said, right, okay, get on a flyer uh, and let's uh, <laughs> iron a shirt and uh, <laughs> <laughs> make, aye, make get the same haircut. And <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I worked in. I think it was it was a great platform for us because I was like the same with Stevie playing in, in vodka vodka every Friday. I'd done the. Um, the Thursday and Sunday and social, um, and it was just it was just a great platform for us to, you know, the bank holidays and social are wild, you know. So um, it was it was it was always a great platform for us to, to use it as a stepping stone, um, and luckily the manager, you know, after us kind of explaining who we were and what we'd done and showed them the, you know, the kind of the stuff we'd done on track source and whatever um, with the music and whatever, he was like, no, that's fine, you know, um, and. We just kind of took it from there, but that, what would that be, Steve? About maybe about five years ago, something like that. You know, um, so still relatively, still quite new. 
it was hard to be fair. I mean, it's um, because because even like um, separately, like you know, we still were working and um, doing maybe like different gigs, different styles and stuff like that. It was then hard to always like have like a you know a day, you know, or a, a, like, let, let, let's let's go out and maybe sort of find some more stuff we can do together because it was then a case of got mortgage to pay. I can't, I can't pass up a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I it's, it, was, it was definitely something we spoke about a lot. We said, look, we're going to have to, we're going to have to make a point of uh, doing a lot more, a lot more together. Making yeah. some time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely more kind of like kind of studio time wise um, that, you know, we set it in stone and we, we do say that we need to do this because, you know, if we don't, a blink of the eye will happen and it'll be a week later or two weeks later and a month later and then you're like, we were supposed to finish a record and, and it's now mm-hmm. a month old, you know, and then you hit Christmas, New Year, so then it just yeah. gets put in the back burner and then by the time, you know, you're maybe February, March, and then you're, you've just lost four months, you know, so like, you know, yeah, we, even, even now to this day, me and Stevie still need to, you know, we need to be a lot better at timekeeping because we're not very good at it. <laughs> but I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah. As I say, as I say later on, like I do, I do think the like the introduction of obviously like Zoom and video chat through lockdown has been um, probably one of the the best things. Just um, just for just for like for, for actually working on stuff at like real time instead of like I'm going to have to find uh, a minute next week yeah. to come to come to your house. You can't come to mine. Going to work on that, but um, no, it's uh, it's it's been really good. I'm surprised about <laughs> Charles. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, for, for for Stevie, you know, like. <laughs> Um, for the kind of Zoom thing, it was always me with a kind of laptop and him and his laptop, and it was you know like screen sharing, and then obviously I can hear what he's playing through his computer via sound card or vice versa. So there's actually no need now for me to go to Stevie's or Stevie to come to mine, and for us to to be in a studio. You know, we can literally do it live online at one time. You know, in real time. You know, yeah. so it was, it was it was if anything, maybe it's been a great thing. You know, the kind of Zoom thing. You know. Suppose what was, what was the only thing we discovered the other thing when it was um, because it's well because it's transmitting in mono. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you'd be like, oh, can you hear the panning? And I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, can you hear it now? You're like, no, I still can't hear it. Like, what about now? Yeah. No, I still can't hear it. I'm never going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was always weird because he was, you know, I was always like, oh, but can you hear it? You know, it's a lot wider now. And he said, mate, it sounds exactly the same. And it wasn't until like we actually like, investigated that Zoom only deals in mono. And we're like, oh, you know, like, but hey ho, hey ho. What would you say your favourite gig that you've performed as a duo was? Uh, for me, I think we were quite lucky, um, and we got to <clears throat> we got to close out the hospitality tent at Tina Park. Uh, we actually did it a couple of years, um, but the the first year um, uh, we got asked. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect, so it was a, it was a Sunday. Didn't really know what to expect. Thought, oh, it's, it's the hospitality tent, but because it's Tina Park. It's like a couple of thousand, you know, like, like capacity-wise, that inside outside. But um, lucky yeah. because on the Sunday they shut all the main stages early, and it was the it's the only early. yeah it was the only place that was still playing music at that time. So everybody like who could who could get in, and because it was Sunday, they didn't really care about hospitality bands. They just let people come in. So it just it just exploded. I mean, like the the, the tent was full, the outdoor bit was full, and we we were we were planning like oh like laid back disco, some housey beats and stuff like that, and it just. It just took it off. Just uh, obviously, obviously, we had a full Sunday at Tina yeah, Park as wild. well. So, uh, um, so it was, 
It was a bit yeah, messy. Was I was going to ask you know. though, before you explained um, the concepts of the hospitality ten, I, I, I was thinking, did you do a random drum and bass uh, hospitality record? All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> 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 the thing was that I came. Uh, I'd never been to Tina Park before. Before doing the first year, um, just because Rottenest was was my. I, I quite like going to Rottenest. That was my festival, and like, um, and it, it was. Um, so they, they said that, they said, like, okay, oh, we need DJs for the hospitality tent. I was like, oh, cool. So I'm thinking, oh, well, so it's like a wee VIP room or something. There you go. But then because it's Tina Park, it's a, it's a full size. So we walked in. It was just, it was just this big, it was like a big, a big massive tent. And, and obviously, most, a lot of the times of the day, it was half empty. You know, people just wandering back and forth. And it was just, it was just so lucky that because it was that last set, uh, everything else was shut. And everyone's like, hey, okay, well, let's, I can hear music and I can, I can see lights. Let's, uh, let's go up there. Um, and I say like just uh, we just we just treated it like a party and just uh, just went. But that was that was definitely that was my favourite. Yeah, I think I think that that actually that picture actually of I think it's on the guy Foss Peter the Instagram or something. It's used DJing Stevie at that moment in time, and it's literally just a crowd in the background, and it it, it doesn't stop. It just. You know, it's like it's like it's just like it's it's one of the best photos that definitely of Stevie anyway DJing. Do you know what I mean? And it's literally just thousands of people. You know, and it's. it's we're just really lucky that you know we had the opportunity to do it. You know, really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you got a different favourite to that, Gavin, or is that your favourite as well? I, I, I would probably, I would probably agree with Stevie. Yeah, when we went up, I think we went up. I think when we got there, it was probably about twelve. Is that right, Stevie? About twelve, one o'clock. When by the time that we had to go into the artist section, so we to go to, and then we'd this big massive walk down to the artist like, get your wristbands and then walk all the way back up and then you to try and get in and whatever and it was a really nice day and um it was just, it was it, it was just a good day you know we were really lucky the weather was really mm. good um we went to like radio 110 and then we went to um you know, slam ten and stuff like that you know I, got, I can't even remember who was headlining the main stage the thing was, I mean, we we were we were actually really lucky, and I think we we got to we got to do it like the next three three four years, whatever. Can't remember. Technically, I mean, we, we did it till, till the end. Um, so, like, in, in yeah. effect, played the very last song that Tina Park ever heard, but I've got no idea what it was. <laughs> we didn't yeah. even have a clue. Um, but just 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 lucky. <laughs> but it, was, it was literally because the, um, the the boys the boys that were running the tent uh, had said like after the first one they said. Uh, Oh, like that. We weren't expecting that at all, and I, we were just to say, look, look, we weren't expecting either. You know, we were we were planning just doing a wee background thing, but then just we'd been drinking. You know, it's it's busy anyway. Let's just see if we can get Got away with. Messy, and then they said the same, and then just uh, they, obviously they used a lot of people yeah. each year, like doing the different days of the, the weekend stuff. Like that. But for the next, well, until until it stopped, uh, we always got like the the Sunday at the end. But that was that was that was the first because it was so surprising. That was probably that was probably the best. So what's your favourite thing then about being in Guy Foss and playing as Guy Foss? Because you guys obviously play yourselves, as you've kind of spoken about, but what's what's the best thing about being part of the duo? For, I mean, for me, I mean, as I think we spoke about earlier on, like um, like like Gav, Gav is the, the geek. Gav is the, the technical the technical know-how. Uh, <laughs> if, um, if, 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 if he wasn't there, then there would be no Guy Foss tunes. You know, just, I would never be able to get anything out of my head. Um so I mean, it's without 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 having that there isn't a duo. Uh, there, there's no way I'd be able to uh, do this stuff. Uh, like I'm sort of thinking of myself. But, yeah, but for, for for me on the on the on the kind of flip side to 
you know, for, for Stevie Wise, you know, he's he's got a very very good ear for a sample. He understands structure as well. No, I, I mean, I, I can build a record, no problem. But you always say, you know, change that, change that, you know, reverse that bit, you know, change that, no, whatever. You don't think you know. that happy no, when I, I do it at the time? <laughs> no, I don't, you know, because by, by the time it's on to version 23, I'm starting to get a wee bit annoyed. Um, but but that, that's, you know, he's, he's, we've got a record about to come up um, on freaking 909. Um, and... Stevie heard this sample, um, and was it was it on a film? Stevie, is that right? What was it? The, the, it was in um, the, Black Klansman. Great movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so we he he heard that, and he gave that to me. We then kind of worked out a rough structure, and then it it, it went a wee bit. It, went a wee bit mad, and it kind of turned into this kind of loopy. <laughs> Banger, <laughs> and it's, it's just uh, it's it, it. But I mean, the original sample. So for for, um, for the for the freaking nine oh nine records, we, we we sent it out to the label. Um, they really enjoyed it. Um, they said we'll get sample. We'll try and get sample clearance. Um, they wouldn't give us sample clearance. Um, I think it was at Sony. I think it was Sony. It was on. Um, they wouldn't give us sample clearance. So basically, the, the label mm-hmm. said well, that's fine. We'll get it resung. Yeah. And we'll get it replayed. Do you know, um, you know the other thing was? But I mean, this is I mean, I, I need to actually look back that. But it was, it was, it wasn't even so much. The, the, I think they, the, I think they did clear it, but they cleared, they cleared the use of it. They cleared the. I was, I, I don't know. We need to look back. But it was, they cleared the use of it. But there was bits they said you couldn't, you couldn't use. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. Um, I can't, I can't remember because I remember like I mean, as I say, like, I mean, it was, it was quite new to us because obviously we were. Um, all, all the opinions like, well, it either gets cleared or it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but they were, they had like, they, they, they had a couple of guys like working on it. Um, who, I mean, as I say, like, we, we had went to Sony and then came back and said, yeah, he said, he said, he said, oh, they've, they've okayed it. But then came back and said, I think it was, you know, it was, I think they cleared this, cleared the sample, but we had to get the vocal resung. That's what right. it was. Um, and, uh, and to be fair, like, uh, they, they, um, they, 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 these, there was like four guys that were helping us like from freaking and they um, they were sorting us out with stuff like we'd uh, put in touch yeah. with people that we'd never been in touch with before um, so it was good to me but then the other thing was that, and that was that was just about ready and then lockdown started um, so I don't know if uh, maybe it'll if it'll suffer but the, pr- the promos just went out last week for that so I think uh, they seem to say that uh, people quite like it but who knows We'll just need to wait and see. Yeah. I think it's uh, January the 29th. Sweet, we'll look out for it. What was your first record that you produced as a duo? We, the, the weird thing was is that the, originally when it kind of started, Stevie had said, you know, you know, we need to kind of figure out a style here, what, what, what we're kind of going to go down. Um, me, I'm a bit more laid back, you know, a bit more disco-y. Stevie would, you know, would rather maybe take it a wee bit tougher going into the kind of tech side of it. Um, but not all the time, you know. But um, so we basically kind of, kind of had to come onto a kind of middle ground. And we kind of came up with this idea, I wonder if we could maybe make a record that people will know what the sample is, but they won't know, maybe not know what the original record is. And we done a record with the original record. So we used um, a track by uh, Shaka Khan. It's called Fate. Um, and that is what Stardust music sounds better we use. That's what they sampled the, the guitar riff at the start. Oh, no it's just a section right in, right about in the middle of the record, and it's literally about three seconds long. 
you know, and they just basically looked that up. So we done the original record, um, took the original disco, kind of chopped it up a wee bit, kicked behind it, new bass line, whatever. And then basically in the original part of the record where it originally came in, we looped the guitar loop maybe for about 32 beats. And that's when people were like, whoa, that's Stardust, you know? Yeah. And then it goes back into the original. And when we... When we done it, we, we, we tried it and we put it up on... Well, Stevie, Stevie's a bit more of the kind of social media side of it. He's really good at stuff like that. I'm hopeless. Um, but uh, he, he put it on SoundCloud and there was a guy um, from a, a label down south, um, Will, Will Dawson, uh, and he heard it and said... He heard it on... It was, I think it was up for literally about two weeks on SoundCloud, nothing really happened with it, whatever, he heard it and said, can I sign that? And we were like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we didn't really know what, you know, like we weren't really, we didn't really know what, what was going to happen or whatever. But we're also, we're also uh, trying to play, play the mind games because we're like, do you think he knows it's a sample? Like, are we, are we, are we allowed <laughs> to tell him? You know, like, uh, does he, because we, I mean, we didn't, we, we, if, if anything, cause I think it was, it was up, it was up for like a free download as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was um, he. He he was really good at like sort of like just teaching us about about look. This is you know this is what you can get away with. This is what you definitely can get away with. Uh, yeah, this yeah, is what you should yeah. take a chance on and uh, just see what you can do. But but it was uh, no, it was good. So like I mean he he he's like a good producer himself, a uh, good DJ. And he, uh, I, think, I think, I think he had a record with Kathy Brown or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Kathy you know. Brown this year. But he, so he had like this, his, his own little, his own little label. But he also, I think he works in distribution for like other companies. Um, so he was like, well, he says, well, I'll take it, put it on this, and then you know, I'll get it out there for you. And then we did a, a few more with him, and then after a sort of while, he was kind of like, uh, look, you guys, you guys can can take the label. If you want, he says, I says, I'll, I'll continue to like, so put the stuff out for you, but you now you've just got like a kind of an outlet for your, for your, for your work. Music to go out on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just about yeah. to say that, like the, the visual on your label DSK for everyone listening. Um, it looks awesome. It looks like the old school sort of vinyl. Yeah. Kind of artwork for the middle of a, a artwork for the middle of a record really type cool. of thing, you know, um, yeah, I mean, when we done that, you know, we, we, we put the, the fate thing out, you know, and it it, it, it done very well on TrackSource, and we were kind of like, we didn't really know what had happened, you know, like, it, like, and, and it was, it, well, yeah, it, it was it was very strange, though, and we were like, right, okay, right, we're doing quite well here, right, okay, Stevie, right, we really need to think of a really good tune here <laughs> to follow yeah, this up. Yeah. You know, um, and the weird thing was as well, he, he, I remember it was like about three or four days later um, after it went up onto tracks or something, whatever, there was a, a blog, I can't even remember what, what it was now. I, I, anyway, and they like basically done like a kind of review on it and then all of a sudden, like the numbers on, this, on the SoundCloud went through the roof. Like, and I mean thousands and thousands in a day. You know, and th th this was coming from like one play a day, you know, like, you know, and we were just like, right, okay, we really need to kind of step this up here. You know, we, we need to kind of get a follow-up record ready to go. Um, and as far as I remember, Stevie, was it The Boss? Is that right? I think it was. Yep, yep, I think so. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think it was The Boss, which is basically yep. samples. Um, the weird thing was I can actually remember making this 
on holiday. Um, and I was in I was in the villa on, on holiday, and it was the song. It, it samples James Brown, the boss, and I remember it came on. I, I think I was just listening to music on my phone, and I was like. I wonder if I could speed that up and put a kick behind it, you know, and it it was literally that, you know, and it was literally that, and then I sent it to Stevie and then we worked on it for a wee bit um, and e- even back then, it, it, it's not that it, it just, the, the more even when I look at the project file there's really not a lot to it you know, um, it's basically just this tiny wee guitar loop some some samples from James Brown new bass line, new kick hats whatever and it went to number one on Traxos the, the overall top 100 wow. the, the whole of Traxos it went to number one and and, and it, it basically just went a wee bit to, like me, me and Stevie were still you know kind of thinking to ourselves like pinching ourselves like is this is this real <laughs> you know like like or, or, or are we just dreaming here you know um, but yeah, we listen. Can't complain. No, not at all. Can't complain. It's good, because obviously when you, I mean, it was very much like down the case of like you know like reworks of like sort of tunes and get like an idea. But we definitely like when you listen to sort of like things like you sort of like oh you can see the ideas are different now. Mm. You know, it's it's not a case of about you know oh let's make a a house version of some sort of tune. You know, you're looking for you're looking for the. If you James, you know what? What, what did what did the, that just like you know? You just say like the little thirty second guitar loop or something like that. Like, oh, uh, that'll be good. Could take yeah. that. Muck around with this, just uh, make it sound completely different. Um, I mean, that's I mean, that's the thing. I mean, as I say, like because we, you know, we, we we all like different styles of music and stuff like that. But it was even like back when we were like starting to DJ and starting house, man. It was the I always sort of think it was kind of like the. Like this uh, sample, sample sort of house stuff. The those guys and stuff and like that was the, the thing that we always sort of said. Oh, we both like that. We both like this. You know, that's the yeah. the thing in the middle. Yeah. Um, but 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 then but then on the other hand, you know, um, there, there was there was records that I was working on, and there was records that Stevie was working on that we both didn't really agree on. You know, that maybe Stevie didn't like it, and I didn't like it. But that's the part of a side of a kind of duo that you need to kind of find a common ground, and you need to say right. Okay, I, I trust that Stevie has found a good record here, you know, or, or vice versa, you know, and we do need to, you know, try and push it, even though to the best of our ability. And don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, there's, there's been records that, you know, that, that we've put out and you, you think that you're like, mm, you know, we'll put it out, you know, and then it, it blows up, but then you think there's, there's records out there like this is going to yeah. smash it and it doesn't do anything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it, you just never know. You, you never know. Yeah, I went through a phase like that where I just didn't trust my own taste in our own music yeah. because yeah, all, the definitely, things, all the things that I was like, this is the one to watch. I know it. Like I, I love this. And then you just say, it's like, Oh, that's, that's just kind of not done anything. And then the ones that you're yeah. like, no, no, no email replies. Yeah, the, ones, like, oh, great. The, the ones that you're just like, <laughs> is this working? Yeah, yeah. Is, this, is this working? Is this on? <laughs> is infinite broken? You know? <laughs> well, Wi-Fi's on. <laughs> Um, and then the ones that you're just like oh well i mean we might as well like you know i mean oh okay fine just yeah yeah. and it's like yeah what i think did you um i think gav you you said that uh dalfi like uh, you uh, told you like something went in there was just it was just it was a wee throwaway comment and it was just like do you know what see if you get something ready just put it out because i bet there's someone who thinks it's brilliant or someone who thinks they like it it's like if you if you've done enough to to think that that you you think it was good at the time, then why yeah, not let other people do yeah. it and just sort of see what happens? 
Yeah, well, I very much believe that, like, if if you've made it and you're proud of it, put it out there, it out. and then and then be proud of it as well. And, and I mean, and, like, I, I, I can't exactly exactly that. We 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 thought to ourselves, we'll put this Shaka Khan thing out, right? We just thought, do you know what? Sod it. We'll put it onto SoundCloud. We were one of the lucky people of that 0.1% of SoundCloud yeah. that somebody says that's a good record, puts it out onto a record label, and it goes onto basically the top 20 of TrackSource mm. within about two weeks. You know, and it's, it's, it's you know, we, we, we were really lucky. And, and I think that, you know, we, we do need to finish music more. We need to try and put out more and whatever, you know, but we're constantly trying to, you know, better ourselves. We're trying to sonically make it better we're trying to you know because if you were to hear a record from 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 the shaka khan thing or even the boss thing and then hear what we're doing now that's six years ago seven years ago you know sonically it's a lot better but that was just a learning curve of yeah. like the six yeah. seven years you know of what production wise you know and oh i wonder what this will do mm-hmm. you know like type of thing you know at the end of the day if it sounds crap you just delete yeah. it yeah you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, or, 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 or dropping plugins on top of things that you probably shouldn't put that one on top of. Mm. You know, and you think that sounds pretty good. You know, yeah. and you know, don't be wrong. Usually, when you listen to it the following day, when you're sobered up, maybe sounds a bit better. But um, who's touched this? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. A, a classic actually was a for, for, for the for the track source thing was a, a track that we done called Reaper, and it was the complete opposite end of the spectrum than what we use. I mean, it was like a techno thing, like pumping, pumping oh, tech house Thundering. Right. Thundering, drum codes, right? drum codes. <laughs> and um, that was basically me. I, I, I used to work um, like DJing my six nights a week and I was always, I was off on a Tuesday, but that's when Stevie used to DJ in, in the clubs and whatever. So that was my night off. So that was the night I used to have a, a few beers and whatever and then um, maybe a, a few too many beers maybe sometimes. But um, it was Stevie had, had let me here earlier on in that day and I, I'm trying to even think, was it an Adam Bayer thing or something? I can't even remember. And I was like, that's an absolute beast, you know? So drunken Gav happens at 10 o'clock <laughs> and thinks to himself, I'm going to make a techno record, Right. Not really knowing what I'm We've doing, and then basically, yeah. <laughs> so then I send this thing to Stevie, and he's like, "What is that?" Right, <laughs> and and, I, and I, I didn't really know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. And then he was like, "No, this is this is pretty good." Do you know what I mean? So then I think Stevie was a bit more perked up a wee bit because it was a bit tougher because he's in the <laughs> tougher side of things. Um, but yeah, so another class example, mailed it out. Um, what was his name again? Boy for Liverpool or something? What was it? What was his name again, Stevie? Um, uh, that's, that's terrible. Can't remember. That's the record label was a pleak, a pleak, a pleak. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that is terrible. That's we don't even can't even remember what the guy's name is. Um, yeah, Stewie, we'll sign that. And it was literally a, 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 it goes it goes to you know show you know just put music out. Just keep putting it out, you know, you know, and it might not be the the kind of usual style that you do, but just keep on putting music out. That's all I, I would say to people, you know, just keep putting it out. You'll get better over time, you know, definitely. So, what's your favourite Guy Foss track you've released? Um, I like I like uh, Can You Handle It um, more. <laughs> I, I, still, I still think it's probably the the, the best. It's the, it's the one I prefer playing the most. Uh, it's the one I like. It's the one I would dance to, but it's more the story. It's uh, 
I think, do you remember um, Channel 4 did a, a, a New Year house party? Yes, they were ace. Uh, I don't know, we, we weren't even in lockdown then. I don't know why they were doing house parties in the house. Right? But uh, they did. They... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was pioneering. <laughs> but they did, um, they did They did. that. So it was like, I think like Charlie Sloth like, did like a set. And then, I um, can't remember who else was on. But it was, the, it was the first time I'd heard Horsemeat Disco. Uh, and they played uh, the the original like by Shannon yeah. Red, and it was just it was just the oh, just the visuals and just the, just these these guys in the room, and it was just like that's amazing. I was like I didn't even I'd never, out of my like disco collection had never even heard it before. I had to find it, and then I was like right, I was like we need to make a. I says that that just that will just transfer like so well to like a house record, and I, I still think it does yeah. do feel. Yeah, I, I can you handle it? I'm I'm trying to think. It's like picking your favorite child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> that's hard when you've been too like me, I know, do you know what I mean I know. We'll, not, we'll not be in that compromising position <laughs> no 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 um, I, I, I mean like I, I still even now I mean I, it, technically we didn't actually put this out there was a couple actually we done a kind of couple of free kind of bootleg things that we put on our SoundCloud it was one was um, the Jacksons mm-hmm. Can You Feel It um, and there was another one Prince Controversy oh um, nice. On, on our sound clouds and whatever, and even to this day, they're still getting you know plays and hits, and you know people liking them. And daily, we, we're getting notifications on emails and whatever. You know, people commenting on it and private messaging. You know, oh, I heard this in like Australia, and I heard this in you know like things like that. You know, sorry, was, one of the one of the boys I sent out to said said that he'd, he'd gave it to Tom. Uh, I don't know if you liked it. I don't know if you listened to it, but uh, after <laughs> he listened to it himself, and he says, he says, oh, he said, he said, like, give me, he says, send me the wav. He says, he says, I'll, I'll give yeah, it to Tom. I was like, oh, all right then, but I don't know. <laughs> I think we're pretty much the way through, but I kind of think one good that what's always good to end on is um, your favourite club experience, whether or not it's you playing or you as an attendee. Favourite club experience. I think for, I mean we already spoke about it before, but Daft Punk is is the I mean it's not really a club, I suppose it's more a festival or more a gig, yeah, but it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the it's the it's it's literally the, the greatest thing I've ever seen musically in my in my life. Just uh, just it was just oh I still still think back to it. It was just it's incredible. incredible. I've I've got I mean they never I don't think they recorded the Rotten S set, but they're they're live recording, I think maybe from the Paris leg. Yeah. You've got, I've got that. So I'm getting, I mean, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bang on. Um, so I, I like to listen to that and imagine that it's an Inverness. So. <laughs> um, for me, I, w- I would probably say it was um, back in, uh, do you guys remember Archaos? Did you ever go into Archaos? No. I never went in, but I know. In the, the nightclub. Yeah. Right. So um, in Queen Street. So I used to, in, I started in there in 96. Um, I was in charge of all the sound and light for the entire company so I uh, was doing all the sound and all the lights and whatever for various events and whatever Saturday, Sunday, whatever and there was a, a, there used to be a magazine called M8 Magazine in Glasgow um, and they ran a night in there the, the M8 night and they were notorious, they're just wild you know, but, I mean this is, this is a room that would, they're just like wild, wild you know, but this was a nightclub that would hold two and a half thousand people, wow. you know um, and it was Judge Jules now this is, this is I started them in 97, this was about the border, just about getting on to the year 2000, the millennium type of thing, you know, and Judge Jules was in was in, uh, in our chaos 
And Dave Pierce, I'm virtually positive, Dave Pierce was on in George Square because it was for New Year. And then basically they announced that Judge Jules was playing in our chaos. So <laughs> it was already sold out anyway, you know, and there was 10,000 people in George Square wanting to get into a nightclub to hear Judge Jules. So anyway, I was I was doing all the lights and whatever for that. And I have never in all my day, I just, that sound system, if, if, if anybody remembers the nightclub sound, the, the sound system in our chaos, You'll know what I'm talking about. Like that, it was it was obscene how loud this was. You know, when we when we put it in, I'm, I'm, I think we got it. We got it from a company, Northern Light in Edinburgh, and it was a second hand system. Um, and I think we got it. It was like an outdoor um, touring system that was from a, a, a football stadium in Tokyo or something. And it was it was insane, right? Like it was, and we put it inside. Um, and I have never, even now to this point, I have never, ever, ever heard a sound system like that. And I, I'm not joking. It was, it was. It, we used to stand on the dance floor, and there was there was people coming off the dance floor on that Judge Joe's night because they couldn't breathe, right? <laughs> because the sub, right? Because the sub bass was so strong that it was shrinking their chest cavity, right? And they were looking. I remember when we were testing it, and the health and safety were outside, and and they were like. Mate, there's no way that you can have that, you know. Yeah. And we were standing looking at the DJ box, just listening to it sonically and whatever. And I remember looking over at the amp rack, and all the lights on all the amplifiers and all the process and whatever were actually going up and down, right? <laughs> and what it was is your eyeballs were vibrating inside your skull at the frequency of what it was playing back. Now, I've, I've, well, I mean, it was, it, well, yeah, I mean, but it was horrible. In some ways, it did make people feel very nauseous because what was happening people was just the subways were so strong that it was around the room. So all the uh, subs yeah. were basically pushing all centre in, and it was shrinking people's chest cavities, and they couldn't breathe properly. And it was just, it was insane, you know. And but that night, I remember, and I, I do you know, I think I've still got because I recorded it. I think I've still got it on mini disc actually. And Stevie, you know, the, the was it Veracosia the. Carte Blanche thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm virtually positive it was that point, and there's the big breakdown, piano breakdown, and it's a big trance thing, you know. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know what, so this, we're taking the limiters off. Right, <laughs> uh, right, I did. That was with right, the limiters like, off, people were feeling that. that Jesus. Oh, it was, it, was, it was unreal. So anyway, basically when the beat kicked in, we were like, right, sod it. Mute, mono the subs, plus 60B in the subs, and I gave it about another six or seven dB, and basically Judge Jules turned around to me, and I honestly, when that kick happened, I think he damn near shit himself. <laughs> like, it, like, I'm not honestly like it, it, the whole building was physically shaken, you know. And then, this is like two stories up, you know, and it was just it, it basically the crowd just went bananas, you know. It was just, but yeah, for me that that's. It wasn't. It wasn't. I, like, I suppose it was kind of more a working thing. I wasn't DJing. I was just doing the sound in it, you know, or attendee wise. It was kind of more, but it was just an experience that will never ever go away. Just you know. I forgot the question. So that was twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry about that. Me, me giving a life story in our chaos, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that would be me. That would be my experience. That's class. That is absolutely class. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be in the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you so much. And, yeah, it's um, been good. It's been enjoyable. Wish you all the very best in the future and 
hopefully once lockdown's over, we'll be able to have a beer sometime. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or, or, yeah. or we'll maybe make some records together. Uh, I think more. Yeah. Yeah. shout as well. You know, you know. I think I think we've got some mutual friends that we can make some records with. Yes, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So <clears throat> definitely. So that'll be yeah. Be as soon as, as soon as it's beer o'clock, I'm sure we can make <laughs> some records. You know. Um, Absolutely. Oh, I get some gigs imagine, as well. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> honestly, DJ, like, one after the other. It's, it's, it's scary to think that basically like the majority of, of us, unless you were maybe lucky enough to do the odd kind of thing, when we kind of got a, maybe a wee bit of kind of let, let down, not let down, that's the wrong word, like kind of lockdown. lockdown. Mm. That's the right word. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it has been a letdown. It has. It let down and um, lockdown. <laughs> That's it. I mean, like, it's scary to think that, you know, in a couple of months, it will literally nearly be a year that the majority of Scotland won't have DJ. It's not even, it's not even that it hasn't DJed. It's been literally a year that you haven't heard music in a, in, a, in a licensed environment. It's horrible. It's horrible to think. I haven't even <coughs> sat, sat in a restaurant with uh, some background violins. But hey, as we've said in other episodes of this in the past, we will all dance again. It will all come back and it will be all that sweeter when it does. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, gents. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Thank you very much, David. Cheers, babe. for tuning into this week's episode of Flow's First and Favourite. Please follow us for any updates at We Are Flows on Instagram and Twitter. You'll get news about upcoming episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye.